worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Today, we have our usual Friday outlook on grain markets this week, and it's been an interesting week. Wheat and canola futures are booming. Canola is up $60 a ton. Wheat is up 50 cents a bushel. The Water Security Agency outlines initial funding for work on the multi-year $4 billion Lake Diefenbaker Irrigation Expansion Project. Real Agriculture talks with the CEO of CropLife Canada about a decision on farm chemical use by Health Canada. You won't want to miss that. We take a look at the Port of Churchill for grain movement, and a Saskatchewan farmer has launched a petition over federal carbon offsets. The farm weather's in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Wheat and canola markets were showing major upward gains this week. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Piccalo says canola was up $60 a ton and wheat gained 50 cents a bushel. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front here, a fairly big move up we've seen on all the contracts. May increased approximately $60 a ton on the week, July 50 and November up $15 a ton. So uh, canola quite strong. On the wheat front, a little bit different. Minneapolis wheat as well too is up 50 cents a bushel here and same with on the July contract. So wheat is trading near the top end of the range we've seen now since mid-February actually. So what's pushing canola and wheat prices upward this week? Well, starting off on the wheat front, there is a dry outlook for the Dakotas that might spark tighter supply into 2021-2022, as well as it is fairly dry across the Canadian prairies. There's little rain in in the two-week forecast for the Dakotas, the 6 to 10-day and actually 8 to 14-day models all the way out until April 22nd show below normal temperatures and actually below normal precipitation for the regions. So that's definitely something that one of the reasons why we've seen this rally. However, I would say that we could get rain and this rally could go down just as fast as it came 
up here. So something to keep in mind for farm operations. On the canola front here, we've seen actually the soybean oil market turn back higher. And that's definitely supported the canola front as well, too. I think all farms are seeing, again, the dry conditions across the prairies. And that's definitely keeping the futures strong here on the week right now. So I'm talking with farms on, again, how to be protecting some new crop prices on this second rally here. A lot thought they missed out when we saw last month the decline of about $60 a ton. Now we're back up to those highs. So it might be worth protecting if you want to protect some on the futures. Yeah, what's the outlook next week and beyond? Well, today, as we're recording this before the USDA report, that's going to be one thing to pay close attention to. The soybean market has been consolidating over the last week. Some negative old crop fundamental news has been offset by bullish new crop news. So the focus is going to be shifting to the new crop season. So if we can see the soy markets keep turning higher, I think that could be supportive for the canola market going forward. And then on the wheat front, again, seeing if this weather market does keep the rally going higher. Adam Picallo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. The Saskatchewan Water Security Agency has announced significant funding for irrigation projects this year in this province. Communications Manager Ron Podbelski says the highlight of the $66 million capital budget is an initial investment of $19 million toward Phase 1 of the 10-year $4 billion Lake Diefenbaker Irrigation Expansion Project. He says phase one is known as the West Side Irrigation Project. Well, this is a really a transformational project for our province in terms of opening some of the opportunities in our agriculture sector. Um, if you look at just some of the initial study that's been done on this, there's a potential increase of uh, you know up to $80 billion in the province's GDP over the next 50 years. There is the creation of potentially up to 2,500 construction jobs a year. So it's really exciting to see phase one start, uh, which is on the uh, west side irrigation project. And really that first phase is going to look at some of the initial preliminary engineering and design work, some of the geotechnical soil suitability and geographical mapping that is going to be led by uh, Regina Brace Clifton and Associates Limited, which has been selected as the prime consultant for, a pro- for the project. So it's, it's really an exciting time for our province. It's in the uh, preliminary phases, uh, the initial phases, but it's something that's certainly exciting as we move forward to the future and see the opportunities that uh, irrigation can offer. It's an $18.9 million project as the West Side Irrigation Project. Tell me a little bit more about the other projects that are announced in the budget for uh, the Water Security Agency. Yes, yeah, so again, as people will appreciate, um, the Water Security Agency really has a, a tremendously broad mandate in terms of public safety of drinking water and wastewater systems. But also, and that's something that people may or may not be familiar with, is uh, we also operate the more than 72 provincial dams and 130 kilometers of conveyance channel that the province have. So this provincial dam system is very uh, important to water management in our province. It's important to, um, you know, lake levels as people move into the summer recreational season. And so part of uh, that is that capital budget that we have, you know, of $66.5 million 
The portion of it that's not going towards working on the, the West Side project is going to look after doing some maintenance of that system of dams and conveyance channels. And, uh, you know, some of the, the important work that's happening there uh, includes uh, some work that's being done at Gardner Dam and some work that's being done on the Highfield Dam as well in terms of rehabilitation. And that's, I see, about $7.5 million for the rehabilitation of Gardner Dam and Highfield Dam, $7.5 million. So irrigation projects don't come cheap, especially the whole West Side project, part of the Lake Diefenbaker plan. Absolutely, and that's why this is, is sort of a, viewed to be a, a project in, in several phases. Uh, you know, first uh, looking at the West Side project and then looking at the uh, Quapel South Conveyance project, which is really the, the second uh, phase or the third phase of the project after we complete the West Side project. And so it, it is really expected to, you know, last close to a decade and create some of those lasting benefits that we see, not in just in terms of irrigation, but in terms of food security and water security as we move forward. You said it would be irrigation for a wide variety of crops. What, was, what would be some of the items likely grown? Yeah, so I think, you know, people, um, you know, they're very familiar with our traditional crops, such as, you know, a canola or oats or barley, but really irrigation gives you that consistent water supply that allows you to diversify into table crops, you know, things like carrots, uh, peas, those types of things with having that reliable source you can move much more um, aggressively into table crops. And that is, the, I think, the tremendous opportunity for Saskatchewan here, and not just in terms of primary industry, but we may be able to, um, as a result of that, attract secondary industry as well. Ron Podbelski is the Communications Manager for the Saskatchewan Water Security Agency. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Pierre Patel, he is the CEO of Crop Life Canada. Pierre, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Sean? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Great to chat with you for sure. So uh, break it down for us. How does Crop Life Canada see the decision that Health Canada made? Well, I mean, it's tremendously positive for many sectors of, of, of ag. Uh, there are a few sectors that are going to be waking up with a bit of a different take on on the news. Um, Certain horticulture crops have seen their uses significantly impacted, significantly restricted, and and to the point of potentially not even having alternatives. So for onion production and a few other crops, there's there's some major issues ahead for them. On the broader acre crops though, uh, on the canola and then the cereals, um, tremendous news because you'll recall that in 2018, the proposed decision based on the review was to uh, restrict all outdoor agricultural uses. Let that sink in, all yeah. outdoor agricultural uses. That was what was on the table. And so for us, it was, um, you know, let the process play out, answer the d- scientific questions that you have, uh, Health Canada, with the data that you need, and then make your decision. And, and that looks like what happened this time. You're, you're right. Think about the significance of that, all agricultural uses. Uh, that, would, that would have left canola really in a tight spot with not a lot of alternative uh, options out there. Precisely. And, and um, you know, people often ask me, uh, depending on which 
stripe of, of, of color of government is in is in the down the down the road here. You know how political or you know what what's the impact of the liberals in power, for example, to to crop protection. We're fortunate in Canada because we have a science-based system, and the regulator is isolated and insulated from that political sort of lens. So even if even if individual people in Parliament have views about pesticides or GMOs, it doesn't really translate into the regulators that we're seeing because they they follow a scientific protocol. They fire, they they follow a process uh, that does take the weight of scientific evidence. And so, um, you know, what we contrast that with Europe, where Anything to do with agriculture is so politically uh, laced that it's it's. I mean, the science is. I mean, they they ignore their scientists openly, and and without any apology uh, on a regular basis. And so, what we have here is is a far cry from that. So, how does Health Canada go about this? Because you know, a lot of times we're asked on these consults to provide. Uh, letters of support and ch- telling you know, how this impacts us. But at the end of the day, it does come down to the science. And so wh- wh- how, how, do they, what are, how do they look at all these different pieces and come up with a decision? Yeah, you're right. And if, if, if the data had showed them that, in this case, it was aquatic insects was the issue. If the data had showed them that no matter how important the, the compounds are to canola growers or to wheat growers or others, if the risk is too great for that that population of the insects, uh, they would have they would have restricted it anyway. Like it's not it's it's not sort of a cost benefit. But what they do is they say if the risks are unacceptable, then the product cannot be registered anymore. And so, what they were doing was um, they didn't have a lot of water monitoring data from the prairies. They they had subsets of data from Ontario and Quebec, which uh, which showed some 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 high levels and and some some spikes which they couldn't pinpoint the source of. And so they had to assume that these were regular, regularly occurring and that they were occurring in other streams and water and wetlands across Canada. And they plug it into models that, uh, you know, simulation models that spit out a scenario and a, and a, and a probability of, of risk. And that's where they came up with their initial uh, decision or proposed decision. The industry, so the, 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 the registrants who own the products, uh, the canola council, growers, provincial governments, all jumped in and said, okay, tell us what you're missing to really answer your question. They generated some very, very high quality water monitoring data from regions across the prairies. Real, real life data um, aren't showing a problem, aren't showing the high levels that they were predicting with their modeling. And so they will always take real data over computer modeling any day. So if they have it, they'll use it. And it has to be of a certain quality. And in this case, it was very high quality and they could use it in their actual decision. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, mainly sunny sky, wind northwest 30, gusting to 50, becoming light this afternoon. The high today, 9 degrees. The low, 0. Saturday, sunny, wind southeast 20, becoming northwest 20 early in the afternoon. The high tomorrow, 16. Periods of rain in the evening, the low, plus 1. 
Sunday cloudy, 60% chance of showers or flurries because the high is just plus 2, the low minus 7. Monday cloudy, 60% chance of flurries, the high minus 2, the low minus 9. Tuesday cloudy, 60% chance of flurries, the high minus 3, the low minus 7. Wednesday cloudy, 30% chance of flurries, the high plus 1, the low minus 4. Thursday cloudy, the high near plus 5. Normal high for this date is 10 degrees, the normal low minus 3. The sun rose at 617 this morning. It sets at 743 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is in the southwest corner at Valmarie. It's at plus 11. The cold spot, Stony Rapids, at minus 7. Sunny in Regina, it's 7 degrees, that's 44 Fahrenheit. On the roundup, Estevan is 9, Saskatoon 6, Swift Current and Weyburn 8, Yorkton is 7. Once again, Regina, sunny and 7, that's 44 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northwest, 35, gusting to 45. Humidity, 28%. Barometer dropping, 101.7. Sunny in Moose Jaw, 7 degrees. Winds are from the northwest at 15, gusting to 30. Once again, Regina, sunny and 7, that's 44 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Improving the Hudson Bay Rail Line is the number one priority for the new CEO of the Arctic Gateway Group. Sheldon Affleck will oversee the Port of Churchill operations as it transitions to community ownership. Affleck co-founded Mobile Grain until it was acquired by AGT Foods in 2015. When AGT and Fairfax Financial purchased the Port of Churchill and rail assets from Omnitrax in 2018, Affleck was tasked with repairing rail washouts by using GeoCell technology. Those repairs were kind of a patch job. Arctic Gateway is lobbying the federal and Manitoba governments to fix the rail line properly. We would be at it as soon as we could this year, but, you know, we have to put some funding in place and we have to have proper support to do it. But, you know, if we have the, the federal government and the Manitoba government working together with us on this, I'm presenting this as no more Band-Aids for the Churchill line. We fix this right, the whole operation can stand on its own two feet and the business will, it makes sense for many things to go out of Churchill, but you can't do it on, you know, it's basically kind of like a really, really bad, worst case scenario, thin membrane road in Saskatchewan and you're gonna try to run a a huge uh, grain terminal on the end of that road. It just can't work, it won't work. Affleck talks about the repairs that have already been made using the GeoCell technology. One of the things that's maybe prevented this technology from being utilized is how do you do it? How do you get it underneath the track and do it properly? But um, I've designed a machine that will do it in one pass. You know, the closest analogy to it would be like a paving machine. Out the back of the machine is your finished product. Your rail is now sitting on a, on a firm structure. It's a challenge 
because of where it's located, the short window of time that we have to work. And uh, also it's sort of like trying to do uh, road repairs on a single lane road. Affleck believes an improved rail line would renew sea and rail interest in moving more goods, including grain, to Churchill. It's hard to get anybody at CN probably really enthused when the rail cars have to be late loaded and there's um, maybe a longer turnaround because of the slower speeds. And when that changes, I believe it'll be a completely different discussion with CN and probably a, a different discussion with the rail companies too that realize that now we can go maybe 40 mile an hour or 50 mile an hour with our our grain and our freight, whereas we were impeded by five mile per hour slow orders all along that line. Affleck's grain shipments through Churchill can be financially viable and the port facilities are in pretty good shape. Everything is there to be able to run the the, uh, grain business. There's a few upgrades, but I would call them relatively minor in the terminal itself. There's already been some done over the last couple of years that were important and and they're complete. But the one thing about the grain business is is that you always have to have a, a buyer and a seller. You have to have a buyer that wants the product in the time window that you have available. And of course, that depends on the price and the market and quite a few things. So there's quite a few ifs to it. And that's always been the case with Churchill. It was a little different when the wheat board was in, the monopoly was in place because it was just a corporate decision that could be made that let's put this many tons through Churchill and it, and it happens. As it is now, it is dependent on private industry. And, and, and I know it firsthand because in our previous mobile grain company, we shipped several vessels out of Churchill. So I, I know exactly what stars have to align in order to be able to make and conclude deals. And then when you think that you have to maybe have multiple companies doing that and working all in conjunction, it's very possible to do and does make a lot of sense for a lot of markets. I'm just conditioning it with the, the fact that Everything does have to line up, including rail cars. Sheldon Affleck is the new CEO of the Arctic Gateway Group, a community-owned venture that hopes to increase traffic through the northern Manitoba port of Churchill. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And by Canadian AgriBlend. Ask for the livestock products at your feed dealer or for a feed dealer near you, call 1-800-340-2311. An online petition opposing proposed federal carbon offset regulations is gaining momentum. As of today, more than 1,160 people have signed the petition started by Miles Heck, a producer from Scepter in southwest Saskatchewan. Heck and many other farmers are upset about the possibility that they will receive no credit for carbon sequestered in the soil since the 1990s. It's extremely upsetting to me as a farmer that the federal government would roll out such a program to say that everything that you've done in the past counts for absolutely zero and you must now strive to do something even more than what you have in the past, even if that was the best, in order to receive any sort of retribution on the carbons that we are sequestering into the soil. The online petition is directed to Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau and the three prairie premiers, including Scott Moe in Saskatchewan. The proposed carbon offset regulations are open for a 60-day comment period from now till May 5th. 
The Saskatchewan Soil Conservation Association and nine producer groups all say that farmers have to be recognized and compensated for carbon sequestered from conservation practices, including zero-till and continuous cropping. The latest Sask Wheat Market Outlook says the U.S. planted wheat area this year is estimated at 46 million acres, up 5% from last year, but the fourth lowest since records began in 1919. The Durham area in the U.S. is down 9%. This report, compiled by Mercantile Consulting, says Canadian wheat exports in week 34 were quite good at 386,000 tonnes. So far this crop year, exports are 12.9 million tonnes of wheat, up 2.9 million or 29% from last year. The outlook suggests selling old crop wheat, but no additional sales of new crop at this time. Canadian Durham exports for week 34 at 186,000 tonnes were considered quite good. Year-to-date exports of Durham total 4.1 million tonnes, 27% higher than last year. Old crop Durham is trading at 860 to 910 a bushel, and the outlook suggests selling a minimum 70% at that. New crop Durham is bid at 825 to 850 a bushel at the farm. The Sask Wheat newsletter says dryness is expanding in Argentina, and the debate continues about the size of reduced acres due to the weather and the better margins from barley. France's wheat crop is rated 87% good to excellent. France is the European Union's biggest wheat producer. There were three big wheat purchases this past week, with Algeria buying 500,000 tons, Saudi Arabia 300,000 tons, and Egypt was back in the market. The Sask Wheat newsletter suggests selling old crop wheat, but no additional sales of new crop wheat at this time. Raven Industries of Sioux Falls, South Dakota is expanding its high-tech farm equipment. Raven Industries purchased the Saskatchewan Robotic Farm Equipment line of Dot Industries this past year. This week, Raven announced it has purchased all of the intellectual property and patents of Jaybridge Robotics, an early developer of automated agriculture technology. Raven says Jaybridge has critical patents for technology directly related to path planning, obstacle detection and avoidance, and multi-machine control systems. Raven will leverage this technology with the continued development of driverless ag technology, including integration of Raven's AutoCart platform. Raven says the acquisition will accelerate the development of automation for farm equipment applications. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were showing upward movement in early trading. Canola gained 7.30 at 6.91.27. Number one red spring wheat went up 4.50 at 2.89.54. The rest unchanged. Durham 3.14.16. Feed barley 2.67.68. Flax 7.30.47. Lentils 6.44.50. Oats 2.09.53. Yellow peas 3.83.70. Feed wheat 2.38.84. The Minneapolis spring wheat May futures are up 11 and a quarter cents at 6.51 and a half cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Source 620 CKRM. 
The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest quotes. This is Graham Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. 400 on offer at our Thursday regular sale. This cow market, it's selling pretty well here right now. These good, big, strong, grain-fed cows, 88 to 94, sales to 96.7. We did sell one big Semintel cow from Gladmar. 1,835 pounds at a dollar 350. These hay fed cows, 78 to 88. The good bulls are stronger too, a dollar four to 15. Tom Howe's bull out of Moss Bank, 2,550 pounds, bring 120 for 3,060 bucks. Sold 33 good red heifers, 613 pounds at a buck 92. They came from the Sattlers out of the Regina country. 1,100 yearlings expected here for our Tuesday, April 13th sale. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices for both Sig 4 and Brandon and the Moose Jaw plants. The price, two twenty one ninety one per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. SGI Canada has donated a salvage combine to Saskatchewan Polytechnics Agricultural Equipment Technician Program. The salvage combine will be used by students learning about combine intake. Rocks, branches and other foreign objects, such as components from seating or other equipment, can cause internal damage to combines on farms. Assessing this damage after the fact can be challenging for agricultural insurance adjusters. A field fire east of Regina near the TV tower caused no serious damage Thursday, but points to the dry conditions across much of the province. Wind and very dry conditions have led to 41 rural municipalities establishing fire bans in Saskatchewan as of today. There are 15 rural municipalities south and east of Regina with fire bans. These are scattered across the southeast. Another four RMs west of Regina have implemented fire bans. There's a group in the northeast around the Quill Lakes with fire bans. There's also a cluster of rural municipalities in the Saskatoon region that have implemented fire bans. On the markets, the TSX is down 29 points at 19,199. The Dow rose 90 points at 33,594. Oil is down 24 cents at 59.36 a barrel. And the Canadian dollar is up 17 one-hundredths of a cent at 79.77 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.